Etchings, a Ferrochrome podcast. The Red House, a true story. Sapphire blue is my favorite color, also my birthstone. And the significance of this will become apparent as my little story unfolds. As I am 54 and raising my 11-year-old boy on my own, my thoughts have turned to companionship, marital bliss, true love, a stepfather for my boy, and alas, the personal columns. I signed up with a local phone-in dating service, recorded my profile and shyly listened to men of all ages, weights, heights, and voice types singing their praises over the phone lines. After my son was asleep, I would venture onto the dating line and fast forward through the ads, jotting down the four-digit codes of the ones that interested me. First on my list was Stephen, describing himself as kind of tall, kind of quiet, hoping for responses in his own age category. This appealed to me, as did his voice. So, I left a short message with my profile attached. Stephen and I spoke a few times and I discovered he was a practicing Buddhist. We discovered we had a mutual friend who was also a Buddhist. He suggested we meet. Come to my house, bring your son, we'll have tea. I called my friend Christine, the mutual friend who is currently teaching French to loggers kids in a ghost town on Vancouver Island. She gave me the two thumbs up but said he was not handsome but very smart. He seemed very kind. So, the following Sunday afternoon, we proceeded over to his east side home. Now the word Buddhist and the corner address he had given me rang a strange note. I felt I had been at this house years and years earlier, but I could not place it in my memory. As we drove up to the corner and checked the address, everything was as Stephen described a red house hidden behind lots of well-kept shrubbery and tall trees. We were directed to come round the back and up the stairs, which we did. We were greeted by none other than Ichabod Crane, or more politely, Stephen the Buddhist. He was very pleasant, plainly dressed, and he had a large hooked nose. He was tall and slender and offered us tea and a turn about the house. My son had been ill the past week, so Stephen cozy John up on a futon couch under a wonderful purple blanket on large purple pillows. The rooms were minimalist, sparsely furnished, but well thought out, very functional. We decided to have our tea around a large pine table in an open area with a view of the entire surroundings. That was when it happened. The royal blues I spoke of earlier, the tiles that lined the counter and walls of the bathroom were so familiar, all sapphire blue. I could see the sloping wood ceiling of the adjacent bedroom and knew for certain I had been here years before. I blurted out in my usual fashion, I slept in your room about 20 years ago. He casually cocked his head at an angle and viewed me out of the corner of his eye, 
like a large bird. You beat me to it, he said. It all came back to me. Years ago, 22 to be exact, I had come here with a Buddhist boyfriend, Timothy Jones, an English naturopath for many a romantic evening. Timothy had rented the house at the time, and we were young and wild, and I had partied here and showered in the blue-tiled bathroom after tennis. Timothy and I had parted company that summer 22 years ago, but I had often thought of his wonderful house over the years. It had always smelled of exotic herb teas and healthy food. It was very comforting. How odd that I should find myself again in this wonderful house so many years later under such different circumstances. As we said goodbye, Stephen opened a cupboard and suggested I try on one of his guest slippers. The Cinderella effect, he said. I slipped it on and it fit perfectly. I drove away that afternoon from the red house on the corner and never heard from the Buddhist again. When I went in to work Monday morning, I was told I had a new volunteer to train. His name was Timothy Jones. Somehow I wasn't surprised. Perhaps I wouldn't need the personal columns after all. Etchings, part of the Fairchrome Podcast Network.